Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Chatting in the City podcast brought to you by the VTrack Lab at the University of Ottawa. I'm here. I, you're not so humble host, Boaz. I'm here with a, one of my favorite people, Lois. How are you doing? Aww. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right. Um, so, like, I was, we were just talking about this, and I was saying that I haven't seen you. I couldn't remember the last time I saw you. So I was kind of looking through my phone and I saw that last time I saw you was September 29th, 2019. So it's been a year. Well, more yeah, than a year. It's been a year and a, and a month uh, almost. And no, I don't know how to do math. <laughs> a year and almost two months. <laughs> it is November. So um, yes. how, how how have you been doing? Because obviously I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. Um, I've been all right. This year has been very interesting, uh, obviously, with covid um, and lockdown and everything. I've been, I've just been working. So I've been working full time. Um, so that's been, that's been interesting. Um, not really had like a, a break really. Um, but, but it's, it's been good. Like, I'm just glad. I'm grateful that at least, you know, family's healthy. I think that's like the most important thing right now. Like, you know, family's yeah. healthy. Everyone's good. Um, I still have a, like a mean for living and um i don't like i that's very important and i don't want to you know just be like yeah everything sucks like at least i'm still able to make money and do things so yeah family's well yeah. you have airpod pros like your brother you guys are just oh. out here huh wow you just cover that up <laughs> why'd you have to call him out boaz why did you I called him out because he he was the one who on the podcast that we did um if you haven't, if you guys haven't seen this, it's I think it's episode five. He basically bragged for like five seconds about his AirPod Pros. It was something <laughs> like AirPod Pros, you know, we out here, whatever, whatever. Just, oh my goodness, that's such a David thing to do. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to get you on here to speak uh, to actually ask you about um, NSARS because mm-hmm. obviously everybody has heard about it. I've heard, at least briefly heard about it on the news and something like that. Um, but nobody, I, at least I don't know what's actually going on. And obviously you're Nigerian and you have family in Nigeria that's actually there um, mm-hmm. living through it. So like, what's going on? Um, so I'll just do like a, a quick summary as quick as I can. Um, but pretty much SARS is a special team of the police force. Mm. And they're supposed to be an anti-robbery team. So they're supposed to be going after people who are robbing other people but they have become the criminals themselves. So pretty much this team um, extorts people. So especially young people in Nigeria. So for example, um, and they do it based on like profiling. So for example, mm-hmm. if you look a certain way, if you're, if you have dreads, if you have colored hair, if you seem like you look too successful for a young person, um, just pretty much based on physical appearance, that's how they're profiling and, and targeting people. And they will ask you for money. They will jail you um, with no, like, they will just put you in jail for no reason. Um, they will bring you to an ATM and tell you to take out money to give to them. They will go through your phone um, and they pretty much uh, are, they're just a force and literally anyone can be targeted by stars. So whether you are well-spoken, well-educated or not, it doesn't matter. Literally anyone is a target. And that's one of the reasons why it's such a big thing now because 
especially with the NSARS, NSARS movement and why a lot of people are like, everyone needs to speak up about this. Nigerians in Nigeria, Nigerians not in Nigeria. Like if you go home to visit, you could be a victim of SARS. You could be detained for no reason. You could be um, targeted for no reason. They kill, they, sh like, they actually shoot at people, they kill people. So they are now um, pretty much the criminals who are perpetrating fear and violence in the country of Nigeria. And so the NSARS movement, which has started for years before now, it's just gained much more publicity now because you know there's social media, people are super active on Twitter, but it's been a movement that's gone on for years because people have been saying SARS needs to be ended. It needs to be disbanded, it needs to be gotten rid of. It needs to not be a thing anymore, pretty much. Um, and there's been years of, you know, we're disbanding SARS. There's been like years and years of that's been going on. The government's been saying it's no longer exists and stuff like that. But we still see that there are these individuals who are out there who are still killing, maiming, you know, extorting young people. And it's especially young people in Nigeria because they have this idea that how can you be a young person with so much money in your bank account? Or how can you be mm -hmm. such a su successful young person if you're not a criminal, if you're not, um, you know, doing illegal things and stuff like that? So pretty much right now, everyone is just asking for an end to SARS. And this is just the beginning of other things that we're asking and that we're demanding from our government, because Nigeria is, you know, there's Nigerians everywhere. Nigerians are so like there's so much potential in Nigerians and it's so frustrating to see that our country, our government is limiting and putting a limit on how much success the young people of like in Nigeria can attain. And so this is just like a stepping stone to other demands that we deserve from the government, better infrastructure, mm. better health, you know, better education. Education in Nigeria right now is like so, so, it's, it's very disheartening to see children aren't going to school. They're just, you know, trying to make money to have enough food to eat. Mm. Like you, a child should not have to pick between making money and having an education. And that's the point we're at in Nigeria. So we're, we are, we deserve these things. These are basic human rights. And especially with the NSARS protests, like we're just asking, you know, for an opportunity to live, people should not be killed for senseless things like these, it's, it's ridiculous really. So in a short summary, that's what the NSARS movement is, is just pretty much asking that the government, you know, step up and do what's right. It's not about padding their pockets. They are elected officials. They are there to serve the people of Nigeria and that's not what they're doing right now. So there needs to be a whole overhaul of the entire Nigerian government. They need to start from scratch because those people are, they're not there for the people. They're pretty much there just to make as much money as they can and then retire and spend all their money. That's it. Um, like, I guess we always think about discrimination in terms of like wherever minority populations are, are minority, right? Let's say like black people mm -hmm. or black Canadians, black Americans, whenever they're a minority, there's always talk of discrimination, how discrimination essentially affects their obviously sense of self and also their well-being and their mental mm -hmm. health. And so this is interesting to see that it's not just, you know, I think that happens wherever black people are a minority. It's also happening in right. Nigeria where, you know, that's essentially almost all black people. And yeah. um, like something about it also is whenever, whenever you hear about something like that going on, politically speaking, 
people were essentially being detained randomly. Um, like you said, being taken to their ATMs to take out money. Like mm -hmm. what? But something that always happens is in the moment, I guess you don't really see it, but after a time, it's like there's, it's like trauma essentially, right? Yeah. So like, like yeah. you said, these young people, they're just, let's say they're being on a walk and then they're stopped and saying, hey, you know, I see your iPhone. Where'd you get that? How, how do you exactly. have an iPhone? And then they exactly. take it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's crazy to see because even I've spoken with some friends recently, some friends that I went to school with back in Nigeria. And honestly, it's not uncommon that it's more common that everyone has had an experience with SARS than than like you would expect. So two of my friends that I started like speaking with again recently, both have had experience with SARS, which is like, at this point, it's like, I can't even be shocked anymore because it's more like, it's such a common thing nowadays. And which is, which is really ridiculous and crazy because these are people who are just starting their lives. Yeah. They're the same age as me. Um, they're putting in the time, putting in the effort, they've gone to school, they're educated and they've been stopped by SARS. And they've been, you know, abused and treated in such bad, like in such a bad way. And it's it's crazy because that's something that you have to heal from. We always talk about it, like like on Twitter. There's you know everyone on Twitter who's Nigerian. We always talk about the fact that like the Nigerian youth, the young people of Nigeria, need to collectively have a therapy session. Like everyone needs to go through therapy at one point or the other because the things that people have gone through as Nigerians in Nigeria is, is crazy, yeah. And I feel like that's, obviously that's not just be limited to Nigeria and as an African country, that's oh, so, so exactly. just a problem, I mean, all over the world, but mostly all over the African continent, the way that governments essentially approach things, not necessarily there for the people, they're there for themselves, just, you know, um, an obvious example is, uh, what is the president of Zimbabwe, he stepped down, but that's, you know, mm -hmm. he's not really stepped on. He was only there to just suck the country dry and then leave. But it's, it's just, because yeah. I'm wondering, okay, so we have the hashtag NSARS and there's the move. There are people actually on the ground doing stuff, but then it's, yeah. what's the next step? Like you said, Nigerian youth collectively need a therapy session, just like most would need a therapy session. But it's mm -hmm. like, what's next? First of all, in terms of, like you said, politically, um, there's advocacy, but like, what can you do if the whole, essentially, if most of the government is actually corrupt and they won't do anything? Yeah, that's, I think that's a, the question that a lot of people have been asking because, um, so the peaceful protest in Nigeria went on for, for quite a while. I feel like I left that out, but the peaceful protest in Nigeria went on for um, a couple of weeks and they were put on hold because I'm not gonna say they were stopped because things are still going on. They were put on hold due to the incidents that happened October 20th, 2020. So a month from yesterday, which was the Lekki Tollgate massacre. Um, pretty much there were peaceful protests at the Lekki Tollgate, which is um, a gate that divides two parts of um, Lagos, which is a very uh, prominent city in Nigeria. And there were peaceful protests there, you know, not causing any trouble, minding their business, waving the flag, demanding a change from the government. And that day, the governor of Lagos came out to say that there was going to be a curfew as of 4 p.m. He announced this at 12 noon. And there is crazy traffic in Lagos. Like, there, there is no way all those people were going to get home by 4 p.m. 
He later came out to say that the curfew would be moved to 9 p.m. But as of 7 p.m. Um, around that time, um, some people, we say it's the army, the army started shooting at peaceful protesters. So pretty much what had happened was that the protesters were um, protesting, army was on both sides or people in uniform, they don't want to say it's the army, whatever it is. Yeah. And they started to shoot at these protesters. So people were killed. And another thing that was happening is they were also seen taking bodies. So till today, some people have not found the bodies of their family members because as they were shooting at these people, they were picking up the bodies and taking them, we don't know where. So as of that day, um, and shooting went on for hours, hours on end, they were shooting. And this spread onto other parts of Lagos as well. So um, after that, we kind of like, when I say we, I'm talking as a Nigerian youth as well, but the people in, in Nigeria, they kind of, you know, put a pause on it, kind of to regroup and restructure. And a lot of people are asking, so what do we do now? Because that was, you know, our form of showing this is what we want and trying to put place a demand on the government. And they killed a bunch of people for asking for what we truly deserve. So a lot of people are wondering, what do we go, what, where do we go from here? What do we do now? What are the next steps? And I think the, main, the most important thing for, for us to do as Nigerians or people who are, are watching and seeing what's going on is to keep talking about it. Because now with the noise that's being, being made, CNN did a, a review of everything that happened um, in Lekki, in Lagos, and they presented that. So people are now able to see that this is what happened in Lagos on that day, because our government is denying it. Um, DJ Switch, a prominent uh, figure in Nigeria, she went on live during the events that were happening at the toll gate, and the government says that the video has is um, photoshopped. How do you photoshop Deepfake. IG Live? Someone answer my question, because I don't know. I don't know how... So pretty much now, um, we're just trying to make noise. That's the most important thing. And trying to just keep keep pushing. Because really, there's, there's not much else that we can do. Um, the government at some point has to respond to the demands that people are, are placing on them. And I, I hope to God that one day they will. Because it seems like, you know, the more people fight for, for justice, the more injustice we're seeing. In, in the government in Nigeria. I mean, they have to respond in some way and obviously they don't want to give up their power so they have to respond violently. Like you said, they send the army air quotes to deal with the people and take their bodies away, which I don't understand why. I mean, like I understand, I, I understand violent, I understand violent governments, that's, mm -hmm. but why, why are you going to take the bodies? Are you trying to show that nothing happened here? Exactly. They're trying to hide it because the day after the government of Lagos came out and said, oh, there were no there were no deaths. And everyone was like, we were watching Instagram and seeing people's bodies on the streets. How what do you mean? That? And then he came out to say, oh, there were two people who died, but we don't know if it's related to this. And everyone's like, what what are you talking about? So pretty much they were trying to cover up everything that they did. They were trying to cover up everything that happened. And that's that's one of the reasons why I feel they were taking the bodies. So there's there's no proof that this actually happened. And that's how people go missing daily in Nigeria. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't even know what to, cause I mean, 
I'd, I'd heard about Ed Sars and obviously you see posts here and there about what's what's going on, but I never actually knew mm-hmm. what was happening. Um, and I, I always felt like looking, you know, if you start to look it up as someone who doesn't know what's really going on, you kind of like it can mm-hmm. take and get taken random places where you yeah. get misinformation and all that stuff because, you know, it's 2020. And like you said, the government is saying that the video was faked. <laughs> yeah, was photoshopped. And like, Fake news! How do you photoshop an IG live? We're not that far into technology. Like, like uh, you can't photoshop an IG live as it's happening. <laughs> Maybe you can do it after the fact. But as it's going on, you cannot Photoshop it. It's amazing. But um, I guess to turn things more personal, um, like you said, Nigerian youth need a therapy session collectively. What's like? What's the conversation around mental health been like in your family? Because I mean, you're the oldest, and so mm. you will probably know more. I don't want to say more, but like, what's it been like? Because I mean, David, I would have asked David, but David, he was too busy bragging about his AirPod Pros, <laughs> but please um do we really have conversation on mental health i i don't know i think um in many nigerian homes the topic around mental health is still very um stigmatized and for me i'm so i'm nigerian i'm african whatever i'm also christian Mm -hmm. so in those two spheres i feel like the topic around mental health is still very stigmatized we don't really um address it the way we we should and the way we need to. I think my parents are starting to um, discover that there is more to an individual than just their physical health. That their mental right. health also plays plays a part in um, how, physic- how an individual reacts to things and how an individual goes through life. Um, for me personally, I, I'm like very aware that mental health is very, very important. And for my siblings as well, I think we all are. And we, we do try to check in on each other, especially this year. It's, it's definitely been different for, for everyone. Um, with David living, you know, away from home, my sister is in school and everything. So we do try to check in on each other and just see how everyone's doing. And with, with you know, everything going on, on on social media, you know, you're always saying different things. It's very, we do talk about the importance of, you know, step away um, you know, take a take a break, take a minute, and just take care of yourself and and look after yourself. I I think it's years ago, like mental health wasn't a, a topic that came up. So I think things are getting better, <laughs> um, but we're not. I don't think we're fully at that point where I could say like, oh yeah, we definitely talk about mental health and how important it is. I don't think I could say that just yet, but but we're we're getting there. We're we're working we're working towards that. I mean, you know, most families don't, um, especially black families, like you said, black Christian families. I mean, for myself growing up, my most of the people in my family and extended family were in health. So worked as there were doctors and nurses. Um, but like you never you never really heard about somebody talk about mental health and like something like depression, or anxiety, stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. always, you know, just medical air quotes, just strict medical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So um, has it changed more recently? Yes. Um, but like you said, slowly. It's exactly. It's it's a slow it's a slow change. Um, so we'll just take it one day at a time. And I honestly like I always try to like I always try to say you know the Bible's great and we can pray things we can pray against things you know and stuff like that. But we also have to take active active steps <laughs> to take care of yourself. You can't just say oh God I'm not gonna have anxiety or I'm not gonna have depression because it's it's not like if if your brain is inclined to be that way, 
praying it away is not gonna gonna solve anything you know we always say you know prayer plus you know health like you know seeking help um the same way as you know if you have an injury or if you have a broken bone you can pray that you know you're not going to have much pain and stuff like that but you still have to go to the hospital and get and get the bone fixed so just the same way with your physical health you also have to take care of your mental health that same way as well what i I had um i had a pastor on jordane um and she was basically saying the exact same thing she was saying that basically what she's trying to do in her ministry is to get people to sort of at least in the church to talk about it more and to acknowledge that it affects people and you can't just rely on praying obviously faith is important actually faith Mm -hmm. is a it's a protective factor against mental health problems but it's like if you're suffering it's not enough exactly yeah and now for your sweater before we go would you like to uh talk about your sweatshirt how can i get one um so the sweater was made by my lovely friend at zephyr factory so that's z-e-p-h-y-r s-a-c-t-o-r-y yes um (laughs) So <laughs> during um, the the protests that were going on, um, there were a group of people who were collecting funds to, you know, sustain the protest. So to help people who were being detained for no reason, help people who needed um, health care because they were being shot or they were being um, um, abused in one way or the other, um, help families of people who lost um, a family member or things like that. So those people were collecting money and uh, my friend at Zephyr Factory um, started to make the sweater and the proceeds that she collected from that she sent um, to help and support the protests in Nigeria. Um, I don't know if she's still making them. I should have double checked before today, but y'all can hit her Is up. she here in Canada or is she in Nigeria? She's here? Yes, she's here in, she's here in Ottawa. Okay. She's here in Ottawa, so um, the so we bought the sweaters, and then the money that was made from it, the proceeds were sent back home to to assist. Yeah. Okay. So cool. It's, it's a very good cause. Shout out yes, to the girl. Ashley. We'll find her. We'll find her. And add her at <laughs> in this video somewhere down here. Yeah. All right. Um, if I guess actually, yeah, I haven't I haven't brought this up in a little while. Um, the three things you cannot live without. Essentially, Ooh. the premises. The premises. If you're stuck on an island, right? I guess I'm bringing this. Okay. What was the last? What was the last person to ask? I think it was Victoire. I um, know you asked Vic. If you're yeah. stuck on an island, what are the three things you absolutely cannot live without? Water. <laughs> yes. Does that count? Let's assume. Let's assume your basic needs are met. So you have water. Oh, there's a source of food. Oh, this is hard. But it's just um, you on the island. Music, that's one. Okay. Um, I think my phone, not because of social media, but like podcasts, my music would be on there. Okay. I can communicate, like if I need to call someone. I don't know if I would have service on this island. You probably don't. Okay. But you can still have a phone that has okay, music. My phone for a podcast and stuff. What else would I need on this island? I would say God, but he's always with me wherever I go. So <laughs> I don't know what the third, I don't know what the third thing would be. <laughs> this is a hard question. I've been realizing it's a, it is a hard question. Um, Maybe a book. Okay. Like, or like books, because 
if I finish the book, I need, will someone bring me another book? Let's say books. Books will books. fall on you like manna from the heavens. Just okay, yes. So, whatever you need I a book, a one boring. will float from, you know, I don't know, in the mouth of a dove <laughs> or something. Somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm going to say like, maybe something to like write down my experiences, but I don't, I don't really journal like that. I'm just trying to get into it. So yeah, those three yeah. things, I think. Okay, music. Eh, music, my phone, and, and books. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I might start journaling as well. I've been thinking about it a lot. Victoire kind of got me thinking about it, and uh, I'm still still on the fence, yeah. but I'm leaning Vic towards it. got me yes. a journal, actually. Yeah, so she got me. It's a guided journal, so it has prompts in it, which is great, because I've been trying to, to be like, okay, let me journal, because I'm going through an important time in my life. I want to remember all the feelings and everything I was go- I was thinking and all of that, and I haven't been able to do it. I, like, open up a piece of paper, and I'm like, Oh, what am I gonna write about? So the guided journal I think is great because there's there's prompts in it, and uh, it's the becoming guided journal. So it's by Michelle Obama, wow, my auntie. Um, and <laughs> so shout out to Vic for that. And I'm 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 trying to I'm not there where I'm like journaling every day, but I'm trying to do like once a week and build from there. So I I just started. I'm new to I'm new to journaling. You should try it. <laughs> First step is actually finding a journal. So I gotta I gotta yeah. go somewhere and find one and then I can start. Yeah. But if I do do it, it's gonna be like it won't be every day. It'll be probably like you said, once a week. Or if I feel like yeah. I have something to really write down. To write about, yeah, yeah. Cause I wanna I felt like when I was I started starting in the journal, I was like, you know what, it would be nice to be in my fifties or whatever and look back and think about what was see what was going on in my 20s what were my thoughts what were my feelings and stuff like that so that's the motivation behind trying to get into it we'll see how long it lasts you'll be fine you're motivated (laughs) you're motivated enough so it's a pretty cool experiment too because if you think about it like memory your memory gets worse as you get older yeah it's like your even your memory now is not necessarily what you remember is not what happened exactly you kind of remember remembering what happened so, exactly. Like, writing like I was telling down you, my, in the moment. Well, yeah, like I was telling you, my childhood memory is not that great. So, <laughs> I definitely should uh, journal so that I remember what happened in my twenties. Yeah. That's nice. Everybody should start journaling. Anyway, thank start you so much. Um, um, we'll tag your friend here. So you know, if you're still making the sweaters, we can reach out to her. I actually might try to get one. So we'll see. Thanks again. Yes. Take care of yourself. Speak up, guys. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Bye.